This is your Thursday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Hope you're doing well today. Got a lot to talk about on today's show. Rachel Bannum, guard for the Lynx, will join me here in a little while. Really enjoyed a conversation I had with her. She just re-signed with the Lynx, of course, played for the Gophers, um, played, you know, started out her, her pro career at Connecticut and is now with the Lynx. Looking forward to having a what she would probably call a, a bounce back season after some disappointment last year, but certainly a player to uh, to keep an eye on. She had a news conference on Wednesday along with Lasia Clarendon, and then I had a chance to talk with her after that. So I will bring you that. Lots of good stuff from Rachel Bannum. And I am going to detail the thing that every pro sports team in this market needs the most right now. Um, So we'll get to that in a little bit as well. But first, what did I miss? Two basketball games that uh, maybe you wouldn't have mind wouldn't have minded missing on uh, on Wednesday night. Wolves lose to the Kings in the second of a back to back in Sacramento. Gophers men's basketball team loses to um, Nebraska. Nebraska came into the game winless in the Big Ten, and the Gophers got beaten pretty handily in that game. I should say, too, the trifecta of basketball losses was completed when the Gophers women's basketball team lost by 10 to Iowa. That was a much better effort than the last time they played, a better effort than we saw, I think, from the other two teams. That game was pretty close. It got away from them a little bit late, but uh, another loss in that uh, in that regard, too. Wolves game, I want to focus on one thing for a little while here. Um, they gave up 132 points in that game. The defensive rating is okay um, since the since since January 1st, since we started the new year, and they're 13-7 and seven in that span, but they're 17th in defensive rating. Defense had been carrying them to a certain degree in the first half of you know, first part of the year at least, and it's kind of faltered as they've shifted more into this offensive-minded role, this identity we thought they would have at the start of the year. And you know what? You can't argue with the results necessarily. Like I said, 13-7 and seven since the calendar turned, getting them into a position where it feels like they are in very good shape to make the play-in round of, of, the, you know, of the tournament this year and uh, maybe go further than that. But the defense has been a little bit suspect lately and that you know that makes you wonder you know, with the trade deadline coming up uh, later today um, Marcus Smart one of the players they've been linked to in a lot of different reports a very good defensive player is that a move that should be made would that shore up you know some of the defensive shortcomings they have especially when Pat Patrick Beverly doesn't play or even when Patrick even when Patrick Beverly does play um, Marcus Smart could add a dimension to this team that has been lacking a little bit, especially in the second half of this season. So curious if if they do make a move um, before the deadline today. And wondering if Marcus Smart, you know, with them with Malik Beasley being part of that trade and maybe something else. Wonder if that's something they feel like would help them kind of regain this defensive identity that they had. At the at the start of the year, I don't know. Um, you're giving up some shooting with Beasley, although he's been hot and cold, like shoot, like all shooters are. And he was cold um, on Wednesday. He shot just one of seven from three point range. The bench was not good. We gave him a lot of love on Tuesday. Um, 
after Tuesday's game, and they, they were not good in this game at all. Uh, part of the reason that the Wolves faltered in the you know late first quarter, early second quarter, and part of the reason they didn't get it done down the stretch. So I don't know. Just thinking out loud here, curious to see what happens at the deadline today. Gophers, on the other hand, um, this is more of a case of they are what we thought they were, unfortunately. This was a team that really was surprising at the start of the year. I, th- I don't think that's that's an understatement. They, it was shocking how well they were playing, given what we knew about how much roster turnover there had been, where a lot of these new players were coming from. And we're just seeing, unfortunately, we're seeing a real talent deficit at this point and a real depth deficit at this point. To lose to Nebraska, um, you know, a team, like I said, that had not won a Big Ten game all season. You you're, you're looking at that game, you were looking at it on the calendar, like, okay, maybe this is when... The Gophers could turn things around a little bit, but instead, Gophers lose for the ninth time in 10 games. 75 or 78-65 is the final. Not really close the whole way. You know, I, I didn't see the beginning, but I turned it on. It was like 32-19 in the late in the first half, and I was like, oh, geez, what's going on here? And, you know, Jamison Battle was just fine, 21 points, 10 rebounds, but it just wasn't wasn't a good effort overall, kind of sloppy with 18 turnovers and just couldn't get much going beyond Jamison battle in that game. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see, you know, we'll see how the rest of this year goes. There are some more winnable games on the schedule down the stretch, but you know, unfortunately for them, this has become kind of what we thought it was going to become after that nice start to the season. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake for 24-7 gaming, fun restaurants and bars, and luxurious hotel rooms. And join Club M to bask in the rewards. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Really happy to be joined right now by Rachel Bannum, Lynx guard still, just uh, re-signed with the Lynx for another year and um, first time on the show. Welcome, Rachel. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being on. And let's just start at the top. Um, coming back to the links for another season, another go round. What, what is, you know, what was the thought process as you, you know, have not only played for the links, which, you know, is your home state team, you played in college with, with the Gophers. And as you had opportunities to perhaps play elsewhere as a free agent, what, what brought you back here? Um, I mean, I just... I think everyone knows this. Obviously, I'm a Minnesota girl, but I just love Minnesota. I just the biggest thing is playing for this franchise. It's it's really special to me. It's something I've always wanted to do, and I feel like I just have more left in the tank for this team that I can show and to give. So, um, just being able to represent this team, put this Lynx jersey on every game day, it means a lot to me. And that you know that stood out to me is being able to do that. And I want to be able to win a championship, and I want to you know people. People who don't know, like Sills retiring after this year, I really want to play with her another season and and do everything I can to get her a championship. That sounds like a good plan for for you guys this year. And you certainly have a lot of talent. Just adding Angel McCautry, a lot of other pieces in place this year. When you look at your roster right now, what what comes to mind as you just evaluate what you have to work with this year? Yeah, I'd say a lot of buckets. Um, we got some <laughs> scores. We got some scores on this team. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think exciting. I mean, and then obviously then you got, so you got all these really great perimeter players, people who can shoot, can score, make things happen. And then you got Sylvia Fowles planted in the middle of the paint. Like that's pretty cool. And she's so dominant. Um, 
So I think, I think it's kind of scary looking for some other teams, um, but it's exciting. I think it's going to be really exciting basketball. I think so as well. Now, if, as you think about just, you know, big picture, you've played now for, for Cheryl Reeve for a, a couple of years now, and she on the, you know, on the news conference, not, not too long before we started talking, she was almost half jokingly talking about the kind of every other year pattern you've been on in terms of, you know, a good year in the league and then a year where you maybe regress a little bit. How do you find more consistency this season? And, and how, what do you attribute? Um, how, how do you kind of think about those years that you had that, that maybe haven't been exactly how you wanted them to go? Um, I think just finding that consistency would just be with my, my preparation. I think I always prep really well, but like, I think I just have to step up a little more. I think when I get in, I just got to just play this let loose. Um, I mean, Cheryl kind of talked about it before this was just like, sometimes with the minutes, it can be really hard. Like I'm not, that's not an excuse, but the consistency in minutes can be really tough going in and not knowing, you know, I might just play two minutes tonight. And then the next night I could play 15, you know? So like that can be, that can be tough, but I need to be able to manage that and be able to come in and who cares? Like just play. She takes you out. She takes you out. You don't play again. That's fine. But just be able to come in and be a baller in those minutes that you're given and work super, super hard in that. Um, and that's going to come too with me being in the greatest shape that I can be. Um, and now that I'm playing more point guard position, like being that leader and coming in and making sure that I have that presence, I think that'll make a huge difference from the last seasons. You talked about having routine breakfasts with Cheryl. What are those like? What do you guys talk about? We talk about everything you could possibly talk about. It's pretty funny. It, yeah, we literally have every time we meet, I like I make sure I have nothing the rest of the day. Because <laughs> there's no way you can plan anything around it because we literally had breakfast at 8 a.m. And I think I left at 145. Are you kidding me? Where did you, did you guys just go? Should we get lunch? You know, like at this point, we might <laughs> shall have, we order again? Yeah, we might as well have another meal. And that, literally, I think we would have kept talking if I didn't have something that like I actually had something to go to. Um, that I already had pre-planned a long time ago that I couldn't cancel. So we talk about everything. And then like the last 30 minutes, we talk about basketball. <laughs> so it's like just life, anything you guys, anything goes. Who talks more? I guess Cheryl, I know Cheryl can talk. Cheryl can talk. I can talk. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I'm, a, I'm a talker. But that woman has it on me. She can talk more than me. She can talk more. So it's so definitely she- Cheryl. So she dominates the conversation a little bit, but it's it sounds like it's it sounds like it's a great a great thing to be able to have with a coach, especially someone who you know, has been notorious or notorious is probably the wrong word, but works point guards in particular pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's tough. And like, she has such high expectations, which I like because I have those on myself too. Like I can be such perfectionist and she is too. And she's like really nitpicky and like in a good way, because obviously that's what gets you to the best level. Um, But it's tough. Like she, she can be scary sometimes, but I enjoy that because I know she's trying to make me my best. And I also like that we do have those, that relationship outside of that, where we can still talk about life and, you know, it's not just going to be about basketball and all that. I see the ring on your finger. I don't think it's a surprise to a lot of people out there that you got engaged not too long ago to Andre Hollins, also a former Gophers basketball player. He surprised you. It seemed like in what um, became uh, is it a, was it a viral moment? It kind of was. A lot of people saw it. I saw it at least. Were you, I, I got to ask you a couple of things about this. Were you genuinely surprised? Um, Cause it, there was, it was being filmed. Uh, the reaction was filmed. Yeah. I was very surprised because I thought I was doing an interview. So 
the interview being filmed, like being filmed was not new to me. Like that was normal. So I was like, okay, I'm so ready to be done. Like I had just had a long day. I was so ready to be done with this interview. And then when he came up behind me, I'm like, get away, you know, first off it scared me. And I hate, he always scares me. I hate it. Like it boils my blood. <laughs> then I'm like, I'm almost done with the interview. I'm hangry. I'm trying to get home. So I'm like, Dre, what are you doing? Like, and then I was like, wait, he's dressed really cute. What's going on? This seems weird. <laughs> so then I started to catch on. But no, I was very surprised, like shocked. That, that's just awesome, though. I mean, it just, you guys have, obviously, you've known each other for a long time. Just, you know, what yeah. what do you guys like together? Gosh, I'm definitely the weirdo. He laughs at my jokes, which I really appreciate. Um, he's awesome. You know, anyone that knows him knows he's an, a great guy. We love sports. We just chill. Like, we're both just super chill. Um, and we pretty much do everything together. We have a lot of things in common. Of course, playing basketball. Um, and just both being into sports and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. I mean, we're pretty similar. Minus I'm just a little bit more weird and he's more laid back. <laughs> I like it. A couple more things for you, Rachel, appreciating this uh, this conversation. As you, as you kind of think about this season, you know, maybe circling back to basketball a little bit here, um, are there major growth points in your game, things that you want to add year to year, or particularly in 2022? Yeah. Um, this is kind of a weird one, but I, I want to be a better rebounder. Um, I think that's something that Cheryl really looks at and would help me stay on the floor longer um, is being able to be an extra rebounder. Like we can't always rely on Syl to get all the rebounds and guards have to do better. And I know this, and I think it's something that I can actually be a lot better at because I'm not a small guard. You know, I have size to me. I'm not short. So it's like, that's something I really want to step up in. There's so many other things I can sit here and tell you like nitpick every part of my game, but think that's something that I actually really, really want to like do better with this year. Your uh, college scoring record just got broken by another Minnesota player. Just a few weeks ago, you had, I think you had tied the record with 60 and that was, was that your senior year that you did that? I can't remember specifically. Yes. So, and so that's, is now it's at 61. How, how did it, how did it feel to have that record broken? And at least it's another Minnesotan, right? Yeah, it was cool. I mean, somebody texted me. Cause I actually I actually watched Kansas State a good amount, but I didn't watch that game. So someone had texted me and said it and and said, you know, she's from Minnesota, whatever. I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, of course, like having records is really fun, but records are obviously made to be broken. And if it was broken by anybody, another Minnesotan, that's pretty cool. Like, I'm OK with that. And obviously she played amazing and like that's super exciting. So um, I'm happy for her. Uh, and 60 points is still cool. So. Another Minnesotan who has followed a pretty similar career path as yours, Lindsay Whalen. She you know, played for the Gophers, played for Connecticut, played for the Lynx. Do you ever want to get into coaching, Rachel Bannum? Yes, I definitely do. Okay. I think, I think that's something I've been exploring every offseason. I've been doing a lot of coaching for youth teams, like literally first through high school. So I've been all over the place just working on that and kind of seeing like, do I really want to do this? And I feel like this off season, I was like, I really like this. I really want to do some coaching stuff. And I really love just like being a good role model for younger women or girls. So I think it'd be really cool. So I definitely want to continue to follow Lindsay's footsteps. I just keep <laughs> on around everywhere. <laughs> follow her everywhere. Is it weird to have to think about like a, a second career? I mean, you're still young, but like the, at the, 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 you know, the, the span of an athlete's career is only so long. You have, 
many adult years beyond your playing days that you have to think about, I guess. I know it is weird, especially because like we've been playing basketball our entire lives, like since I've been five. So it's like, gosh, I got to get a real job after this. Can I just play forever? But no, I mean, I'll still be in the basketball world. So it makes it, I think, a less, a little bit less hard. I think if I, I just was done and had to like sit at a desk, there's no way. There's just no way I could do it. Um, but that's just obviously because I couldn't focus for longer than five minutes. So um, as long as I could stay in the basketball world in some capacity, I'll be okay. Sounds good. We still got a lot of playing career left, including this season. Uh, best of luck this year. Thank you so much for joining me here uh, on Daily Delivery today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed talking to Rachel Bannon. If you have not seen the video of uh, of her and Andre Hollins and the engagement, uh, please go check that out. It was on Twitter. It's on various other places. Um, really a fun a fun moment. And uh, you know, I, I loved a lot of her answers to those questions, including her reaction to uh, to that engagement and uh, just the the surprise she had and what she was thinking along the way. So. Um, hope you enjoyed that conversation as well. It's a good, it's a good lead-in, by the way, to some talk about um, the Lynx and some other teams in this market and what they need going forward. And we'll start with the Lynx because we were already talking about the Lynx. Here, these are the six pro, six major pro teams in this market that I count. And here is the one thing, and it could be a player, could be just a, a a theme, an idea. Here's the one thing that each of those teams need for the Lynx I think the biggest thing they need right now is a bridge to the future and I think they started to build that a couple years ago Um, they drafted Nafisa Collier they drafted Crystal Dangerfield they both won rookie of the year awards they were you know continued to make the playoffs but shifting really into veteran mode this year we had the Angel McCautry signing um, as part of Rachel Bannum's news conference on Wednesday we also uh, got to speak with Alicia Clarendon, who also is back this year. Just a lot of veterans on this squad. Sylvia Fowles gearing up for her final year in the league. This could be a pretty good team this season if all of those veterans gel, if they all stay healthy. But they won't be here forever. And you wonder, you know, you wonder what the roster will look like in a year or two as all of these players get old, get get even older. And you know, again. That means the salaries go away. That means they have more room to build, things like that. So I'm sure they will replace these players, but they certainly need a bridge to the future at some point. You wonder if someone like Rachel Bannum, if she can gain some consistency in her game. She's only 28 right now, if she can kind of become part of that bridge to the future. So that is what I see for the Lynx. Can they build that bridge to the future? That will be their biggest question going forward. Let's go to the Vikings. I think the biggest thing the Vikings need right now is a hard reset. Um, That might not be popular with management right now. Um, I don't know exactly what they're thinking. Probably not popular with ownership that doesn't want to see the on-field product suffer to a great degree. But I look at this team right now, and I I don't see how this team gets to be anything more than a fringe playoff contender even with a fresh set of eyes on on the uh, on the coaching staff um, they just the roster's getting older the defense is getting older i think they would be better served in 2022 taking a step back 
in order to try to take a step forward in 2023. And, you know, what that means to me is, you know, making some hard decisions on some of these veterans and really, like I've talked about plenty of times, making a really concerted effort to trade Kirk Cousins this offseason. I know he's worked with Kevin O'Connell in the past. I, I know we've we've read that Kevin O'Connell has said good things about Kirk Cousins in his interview with the Vikings, but I just look at this team. I look at everything, all the evidence that we have from the last four seasons now, and I just say I, this team needs a hard reset. They need to they need to really recalibrate where they're spending their money, what players are you know taking up big chunks of that salary cap, and really just the whole direction. Not that it's been bad it's just been very average and when you're very average you need to change um sometimes even more than when you're really bad because when you're really bad sometimes it means you're kind of growing and learning i I feel like this team is just stuck in this gear right now and you know maybe they take 2022 and see if a new coaching staff with with a lot of the same players makes a difference and then hit that hit that hard reset in 2023 i don't know to me i would do it faster i would do it sooner rather than later Let's get on with this and, and get something new in here that they haven't had for a while. Let's move to, since we talked about the Wolves, let's go to the Wolves next. I think the Wolves need one more piece. That's the biggest thing I wish for for them. And I don't know that it comes today before the trade deadline. That's a hard ask. Um, and it's also, you know, why last year's draft was such a, a tough one to have to sit out because you saw the potential with Anthony Edwards last season, and you're seeing it even more this year. You're seeing what Carl Anthony Towns can continue to do. He's an all-star this year. You're seeing the con- the contributions that D'Angelo Russell can make. You're seeing you know some of the depth on this roster. But if this team is ever going to become truly elite, I feel like they're going to need one more really good player, and that's going to be hard to come by just looking at how their salary cap is, looking at how their roster is constructed and looking at, you know, the fact that now that they're in, you know, in the middle of the pack in the NBA at least looking like they'll make the play-in tournament, that draft pick's not going to be the, those golden opportunities anymore. The picks are going to be more in the mid to high teens now and you can still, you know, not like you can't draft an impact player at that spot, but a lot of times that might take a little longer to develop. You might not have that, you know, great chance right away. Free agency is going to be a hard ask because you're talking about uh, you're talking about salary cap constraints, things like that. Russell and Towns already making a lot of money. Russell's going to be due for an extension at some point. And what do you do there? So, as much as I am enjoying this season, and I think you should be too, um, and and as much as I do think there is a higher ceiling to what they currently have on this team even if they don't add anybody to be a truly great team I feel like they're going to need one more piece and that is going to be a tough thing for them to finesse going forward unless they're able to make some sort of very shrewd trade or make a very shrewd move in the draft let's go to the wild I want what I wish for them, what the biggest thing they need is a, a playoff run. Uh, it's just plain and simple, right? We we've been, it's been almost twenty years since their what we would count as really their only playoff run. They've won a couple playoff series since then under Mike Yo. Um, they had a, a you know a resurgence last year. 
got to a game seven at least in the first round of the playoffs before losing to Vegas. What this what this franchise needs, you know, again, and this isn't just a simple, it's not a simple thing, and it's a kind of an obvious thing, and it's not a, a, a an individual player or anything like that. But they need a playoff run. They need, you know, to to make this fan base believe that this is any different than it has been in the past. This team, you know, this year, next year, whenever it is, needs to soon needs to go on a playoff run. Get to the conference finals. Make you believe that you know this isn't just a nice little regular season team with balanced scoring. That this is a team that is a true Stanley Cup contender. And they've got the star player. They've got you know they've got Kaprizov. They've got some depth. They've got the balance. They've got the four lines. Those things all play well in the postseason. Can they put it all together at the end of this year and go on a playoff run? That is what I believe they need the most. Let's talk about the Loons, and then we'll get to the Twins. Loons, I think, need a clear identity of what they are trying to accomplish, especially on offense. I think that was a struggle they had all last year. I had Ethan Finley on the podcast you know, several months ago, and he, 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 he gave words to it, just saying, I don't think we do have one right now, and they were struggling to find it. Now, struggle is a, a, a relative term. They've made the playoffs each of the last three years. Um, the year in the bubble, you know, they made it all the way to the almost made it to the MLS Cup final. They were, you know, minutes away from doing that. So, they, they it's not like it's been it's not like it's been bad again. It, they but they I think they do need a clearer focus going forward. Um, you know, with with this roster and Ethan Finley no longer here. By the way, he is now in Austin. Um, so you know, just what you know what they. <laughs> What they want to do on the field, what they want to accomplish, what kind of style they are going to play, I think needs a reboot, and um, you know I think that will be a big a big factor going forward this season. Which, by the way, starts in like two weeks. It's amazing. This is a you know, one of those condensed seasons, um, the starting early um, because uh, you know starting early for you know for for good reason. They're ending it earlier because of the World Cup this year. So you know it, it's a. Uh, it, Again, it's it's going to be coming up on them quick. They need to get off to a hotter start than they did last year when they lost right away. And part of that will be identifying a clear path forward. The Twins, last on my list. They simply need to play. This is ridiculous. Um, just, you know, this MLB work stoppage right now, the, 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 the bickering back and forth between players, and owners, Twins just need to play. They need to get on the field. They need to find out if a lot of these young players can play. And a lot of these minor leaguers have already missed a lot of time uh, because of you know, 2020. Their whole season was wiped out under with COVID. Last season, some of them getting kind of eased back into things because they had missed that whole year. And now here we are on this pause again. No spring training. No chance to kind of get going. I'm sure they're all training by themselves right now. But you can only do so much training by yourself so the twins just flat out need to play uh they need to get some games and they need to they need to find out who they can count on this season then they need to you know they need to find some more pitching too uh once this work stoppage ends so i i i'm really you know a lot of teams are going to suffer because of the work stoppage and i think the twins are going to be one of those teams that's affected the most because they didn't add a whole lot uh, in free agency before the work stoppage, and they have a lot of young players trying to take a step forward who are not able to get on the field right now. So my wish for them simply, play.
Let's finish with the cooler. Good story in the Star Tribune, startribune.com by Andrew Kramer, just looking at new Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell and just kind of compartmentalizing his kind of two huge life-changing moments coming up. Obviously, the offensive coordinator for the Rams, he will coach in the Super Bowl in just a few days here. And then right after that, and even concurrently right now, as he's putting together the game plan for that game, he's also probably trying to put together the staff he wants to bring Minnesota, getting prepared to come here and start that next chapter of his life. How the Rams fare in the Super Bowl will be interesting, because I do know that in the past, when you've had coaches with divided attentions, um, sometimes those teams struggle. But I, I'll, it's it's going to be... I'll be interested to see how he handles that. Um, his answers to the questions on a news co- or on a on a video conference call definitely, you know, leads you to believe that this is a done deal at the very least, and that uh, you know that going forward he, you know, of course he will be the Vikings coach. But um, how he is able to to fare on Sunday will tell me a lot about how he will handle his time with the Vikings going forward. That will do it for today. We'll talk some more Super Bowl on Friday's show with Mark Craig. Plenty of other stuff coming up as well. Thank you, as always, for listening to Daily Delivery, and we'll be back at it again on Friday.